Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts. Leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is a Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson, and alongside me, as always, is Ricky Whitmer. What's up, what's up? And Dave Oster. Trying to block the sh- No. <laughs> no finger guns. We got the finger guns going because we have the camera on us here or the video best, uh, the video podcast this week on YouTube. So if you're on YouTube, hey guys, how's it going? And uh, if you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, you downloaded us off of Blog Talk Radio. We want to thank you for checking us out there. Hope you come back week in and week out. If you're a weekly listener, then thank you very much. But we got a great episode for you this week. We're going to be talking about Bulls. Shocker. What? Talking about the Bulls. Uh, the le- I get to take the leash off? See, okay. but Can I take the leash off? Be, real quick. We're talking so about, no, I can't. We're talking about the Bulls because there was an article, and it's a very interesting article written by Mark Stein. That's the only reason why I'm allowing it. But there was also an article last week. But this one's actually important. Okay. Uh, then, then, we're, then we're also the floor. <laughs> then we're also talking about which West teams need to make a deal to kind of get back into the race, or you know, kind of solidify their footing in the race. And then to wrap it up, we're going to be talking about what makes an All Star in the NBA because we've had a couple topics that have been kind of controversial, and we've had to defend ourselves in the con- comments thread, and and we just want to kind of say what makes an All Star to us, and, and I'm sorry, not an All Star, a superstar to us, and, and kind of what that really entails in. in today's NBA and today's market and today's kind of uh, land of, uh, of uh, you know, in social media and just the, the uh, what's it called? Culture. In culture. That's what it is. Culture is the word. But anyways, let's jump into. You got that, champ. <laughs> let's, <laughs> jump into let's jump into the Chicago Bulls here. And, you know, there's an article now out on ESPN about Mark Stein, or Mark Stein wrote it, and it's about Fred Hoiberg possibly being on the hot seat for the Chicago Bulls. Not saying that he should, but it's possibly saying that he should be on the hot seat. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here, but when they signed D-Wade, when they signed Rajon Rondo, I said that it would not work. And the whole start of the season where they were red hot and, you know, it kind of made me a little bit nervous that I was going to be wrong. But yeah, now yeah. this December has not been good to the Chicago Bulls. And now, you know, I used to say that Fred Hoiberg should be getting fired. And that was after one year. And now, Which is hard I, to do. now I'm saying that he should still be on the hot seat because this team has fallen off. And, and you two are the Bulls fans here. What are your thoughts on this? I think it's uh, I think it's a little early. I, I think it's you very love, early. I don't I, I'm not a huge Fred Hoiberg fan. Uh, but I think the man deserves a little bit more time. Give him to the end of the year. No harm. It's not like some coach will just magically become available midseason who's a better pickup than Fred. Mm-hmm. So I think you let him play it out. You let him see what he can do. This team has everything it needs to go to the playoffs. Uh, it's just a matter of if he can coach them there because it, it's on him at this point. The talent is there. Well, and I th- the thing that I look at is, Sean, by the way, unpopular opinion, man. Not a lot of people said the Bulls were going to miss the playoffs and not do good after they signed D Wade. This is I look at this and there's I go, a lot of hype on, on this on, there's off a camera lot of, on camera there's on a this lot side of, of the table because, for the Bulls. Like, I know for me, I was excited we got D Wade, but it wasn't like a oh 
Dude, we got D Wade, LeBron, watch out, we coming for you. I think my word is coming were, for you. It was going to be a shit show, but it's going to be an exciting shit show. And it has been an exciting shit yeah. show. Do you not see that Brooklyn game? Do you not see Jimmy sprain the ankle? They beat come back Brooklyn, in? and yeah, he who beat cares? Bojan Bogdanovic. Great game though, and a great game winner, a great moment for Jimmy Butler after being injured coming back. But That's my point with this one is, <laughs> with the team that he has had out there, mm-hmm. can you really blame Fred Hoiberg? And I say yes. no. Well, I say no because it's like it's not like oh, all the blames on the players, but. Yes, you can put the blame on where, okay, Denzel Valentine. Was that the right pick to make? Because he was there and made that pick. But also it's the point He's not the of, GM, though. And that's what I'm getting to. Garpax is there, and they are the reason where it's— We've said it time and time again. The Bulls have been, we got to stay here in mediocrity so that we are here and people know about us. We can't fall out and be like the Sixers and get young talent to then eventually get better. And that's what you mean. You, you want to stay at least relevant. Yeah. And not, I mean, I mean, the, in the, Chicago, the whole, the eight hard seeds to win. The whole goal for the Bulls is to be winning championships, but they don't want to be into the basement where mm-hmm. they're not you know, in, in the forefront. So as we long don't as they're bringing... to the Elton Brand yeah, days. They're making a splash here by signing D-Wade. And, and that's one thing that I do want to make, make sure uh, that I do make clear. Yes, I do want to say that uh, Fred Hoiberg... You know, should the, all the blame shouldn't be on Fred Hoiberg here. It should be definitely on the front office. And there was uh, when we talked about you know coaches being on a hot seat. Uh, someone brought up in the comments. I think it was Anthony, he, and he said that you know it shouldn't always be on the coach. It should be on the GM. Right. And here with Chicago Bulls, it's the owner, it's the GM, it's the coach, it's pretty much all of it in my mind. Because yes, Garpax has given terrible teams and has made you know wrong moves not trading Paul Gasol uh you know not playing the right players not picking up the right players bringing in questionable players like D Wade and Rajon Rondo on deals <laughs> and the one thing I will give to Fred Hoiberg is he hasn't had a consistent roster in two years I mean D Rose and Jimmy Butler weren't a good pair and I think we knew that last year and then yeah. you know you you had always the rumors of maybe Taj is going to get traded maybe Paul, Paul Gasol is going to get traded uh Joe Kim Noah doesn't like Fred Hoiberg so they got out the bad which was you know Paul Gasol trade rumors, uh, Joe Kim Noah not liking Fred Hoiberg and, and Derrick Rose. And then once we saw the start of the season with D. Wade, Rondo, and Wade, we saw kind of loose free basketball, and it was working. But now when we're getting to the grit of the season when teams are warmed up, teams have been kind of playing with each other now, yeah. the whole you know we're surviving off of talent isn't working for the Chicago Bulls. So I will give Fred Hoiberg some kind of leeway because he hasn't had a consistent roster, he hasn't had a consi- consistent team really around him to coach. But the same problems I saw last year are still here because he still has a good roster. He still has good players, and I just don't see any imaginative offense. And he's really just going back to what he knows, and what he knows does not work in the NBA. See, I kind of disagree with the fact that the same problems we had last year are not the same ones we have this year. The part you said about the offense, that I agree with. From him as a coach. Yeah, Yeah, but like last year was all drama. It was what you said, the Rose, the Noah. This year was about moving on from it. It's Jimmy's team. We brought in Wade. We brought in Rondo to be not, like I said, not like, oh, we're going to win a championship this year, mm-hmm. but just that veteran just kind of mentorship for this team. And the one thing I look at is he was hired on June 2nd of 2015. So that way you could put the Bobby Portis pick. I say you could put that on him because he had, let's say, a month to work with the Bull staff, with Garpax to make that pick, I want to focus in on Bobby Portis here. Do you blame, should we blame Hoiberg because Bobby Portis hasn't lived up to what we thought he was? Because to me, Bobby Portis has been, at this point, 
A, not what we thought he was. And at this point, if he continues, this could be a bust. Well, one thing with with this is, I mean, Bobby Portis has shown flashes under under Hoiberg. I mean, last year he wasn't bad. I mean, it, last year we did see Bobby Portis kind of late in the season kind of come mm-hmm. on. And then obviously we saw him great in, in the summer league. But I, I think that we, we, you can't really blame the coach for a guy that Garpax picks because, I mean, Garpax probably had Bobby Portis on the radar way before they hired Fred Hoiberg. And, right. and maybe maybe Fred was like, yeah, I think I would like working with this guy. And but I, I don't think you know the pick of Bobby Portis and the pick of Denzel Valentine really falls on Fred Hoiberg. And that's the point I'm going with is, is this Hoiberg's fault that he can't get – anything going or is it Garpack saying hey here's the guys you have to play with and he's got to kind of fit well, them into this offensive but what system. I'm saying is I've never been sold on Hoiberg as a coach in general so it's not that it's Hoiberg's fault it's not that it's completely his but, fault but, but we, I just don't think he all, is an NBA coach and we all expected him to okay Thibodeau defense up the offense wasn't good oh we're bringing in an offensive coach we're going to be great at offense it doesn't work like Except that like offensively he wasn't he wasn't all there. He didn't know how to use the pieces we had. And to make the case about both Bobby Portis and even, you know, uh, Nikola, or if you want to toss in Denzel, I think there is definitely some pressure from um, Garpax to play certain players more than others. And I think that if Bobby and Denzel, I don't even want to go to fucking Meritage right now, but if Bobby and Denzel both got more time, uh, maybe they could develop better. Maybe they could. I, I think there is some coaching lacking there, and that's maybe why we're not seeing great development. You know, from year one to year two, there there's a lot to learn in the NBA, and I think that if you have a great coach or at least a mentor-like coach who can kind of guide you and help progress your game, especially when you have a guy who is the, here's a Spain image of the guy we want you to be mm-hmm. in Taj Gibson on the team already. You need to be him, but with more energy, like just turn back the clock from him. You have Bobby Portis, who actually might have a better outside shot you know, in the small glances of this is what Bobby could be versus the here's the disappointing season that he's having right now. Well, I feel like it's a failure of coaching well, with the right it. pieces. It's it's like I just pulled up. There's an article on the Tribune where they talk about, and the headline just says it's easy to rip Fred Hoiberg, but the problem is our poor drafting and then but the is development it draft- of that. I say I don't know if it's poor drafting. I, I will agree that there were some questionable draft picks, but we still should have seen some progress of any players in the last couple mm-hmm. of years, and we haven't. See, I, I think it's also kind of going back into that. We need to at least stay relevant. And that's so yeah. you're there. You're there in that dangerous p- position where it's you're not a lottery team or you're a very fringe lottery team where you're not going to get a guy who's going to change your franchise, but you're going to have to pick a guy who's young because you're not going to be able to pick a guy like you know, say a guy who like Denzel Valentine. Obviously, they, they picked him, but a guy who's more of a, a solidified player, and you don't need to develop him that much. So. The, the thing with the Bulls is you're not going to be picking later in the rounds because you're making the you're making deep runs of the playoffs. Because they refuse be, to be terrible because you're in Chicago and you get murdered by the media. Exactly. And it's kind of like, like with the Bengals in the NFL where they're always in that, you know, like 19 to 22 range where you're not going to be able to draft a real game changer unless you're scouting. And I know yeah. the NFL drafts different than the NBA draft, but still you're. You're putting yourself They're in a terrible position. They're forcing themselves to use free agency much more, and we've seen that out of their defense, and I don't want to go too far in the NFL, but you know that's what they did in Cincinnati was they went out and they went and grabbed a ton, a ton of free agent talent in in their defense, and that kind of helped fill in those gaps from the poor uh, draft options they had. And in the NBA, free agency is kind of like a clusterfuck compared to mm-hmm. the NFL, so 
when it comes to trying to fill in the right pieces, it's it's harder to do because there's not as many guys who fit your mold. And another thing too, I mean, if you're going to pick a guy like from the 15 range, you might find a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo, which I said his name right, uh, <laughs> you, you know, where he is a very raw prospect where you're going to have to develop him. But we like we're bringing up, we don't think that Hoiberg can develop these guys. And yeah. one thing with Hoiberg is he's been working, you know, at least at when his time with Iowa State is. You know, he had he really didn't need to develop guys. He just had talent, and then they fit into his offense. And, and guys like Georges Niang, I mean, he I believe Hoiberg came in when Niang was a sophomore or, or, or like a, a junior. I don't think he he was with Niang his whole time in Iowa State. And I might be wrong here completely, but you know, I, I don't think the you know Hoiberg had the the molding on Niang's game. And I don't think he did that much developing in college where, you know, he just used the actual talent of these kids and threw them into an offense where, you know, in the NBA, you need to see progression because you're going to be working with these guys for possibly their whole career. And here's another thing to think about. And I love Jimmy Butler. Let me say that before I put this out there. But Jimmy this season is 27. And that puts the Bulls in a little bit of a, to me, a hard spot because can you necessarily... Say, okay, we got this guy for after this year. We've got him for three years under contract. Mm-hmm. Well, two and then an option year. Right. Um, is that a player? player option. Okay. So um, two years. For two years. He could come back if we're good by then, but the point I was making. He's going to want more money, the, so the two point, years. Yeah, so the contracts will the, change. The point that I was going to make, though, is with him being 27, could the Bulls say, we're going to go young, we're going to get you talent to build around you, but by the time that young talent develops, or by the time you develop them correctly, he's 30. And real quick before we get to the the main question here, and that's that's of should he be on the hot seat, should he be fired, uh, the thing I want to mention about Jimmy Butler is, mm-hmm. you know, I started you know looking into my mock draft and looking, and looking what's available. <laughs> Obviously last year what was thrown out there was Boston Celtics trying to look for, look for you know, a trade for Jimmy Butler. Right now they have the number two pick overall. With, with that Nets pick, which was a terrible trade, they're able to swap picks with uh, the Nets this year in 2017. They have the number two overall pick, which is I mean, that's some pretty nice thing to dangle out in front of the uh, the Bulls here and be like, hey, you want a franchise changer well, who's 27 you have years of uh, control with? Here's uh, Jimmy Butler. Well, I mean, which I immediately think of. And I'm not saying trade Jimmy, but, I mean, if that happened, the top three, like, give me any of them. Give, them, give me Markel from Washington. I could take a point guard. Lonzo Ball. Give me Ball, Malik who's Monk. a yeah. – he can play shooting guard or point guard. Or give me Malik Monk. Give me any of those guys. And, you know, Miami Heat currently have the fifth overall pick, you know – Pat Riley doesn't. Pat Riley doesn't rebuild. I think Pat Riley doesn't rebuild. He could trade that fifth overall. Pick. I mean, Justice has been disappointed as all hell this year. So, but you get I Jimmy Butler, then you can have Hassan Whiteside, and then you bring in a free agent. Pat Riley doesn't rebuild. What are you talking about? He doesn't need draft picks. And Minnesota too. Minnesota's got the number six overall pick. We always talked about Chris Dunn, Tom Thibodeau wanting to reunite. That could be well, floated out there. So, and, that, and like, and that's the decision the Bulls have to make is. At 27, is Jimmy you entering? Still have, but he's he, prime right is now. Is he entering his prime oh, now? He, yeah. yeah. 27 is to your athletic prime as a male. Like he's, that's just, that's he's still got, at. what, six years of like good basketball left. I, I would say five years but probably. The, yeah, and five then to six special years. Because of his health. Yeah. But by the time we would properly develop the young talent at the rate that we are going, he'd be gone. He'd be well, done. <laughs> we've, we've yet to develop young talent. Now, I mean, like, Jimmy's the only one that wasn't in Hoiberg. I'm saying if we did. Like if we went out there and was like, you know, we're just going to go all in, get young talent by the time that young talent got to the point where he, it's like he'd they be, could be where a core, he'd be where um he'd be a little younger than Dwayne Wade but yeah, yeah. he'd be in the Dwayne Wade range so it's like and look, it would be like you're well, a savvy veteran who is a great asset to the team but you might not be that star of the team anymore 
And now I, I'll wrap it. I'll start to wrap it up. I'll give my opinion, and then we'll go to the the Bulls fans here's uh, opinion. All right. I think that you know right now with Hoiberg's contract, uh, they signed him to a five year contract worth twenty five mil. So it's going to be very difficult to cut him guaranteed money. It's I, I think it's uh, they need to swallow a lot of it. I don't know exactly Lord the numbers knows we're here. Cheap as shit too. Uh, from what Mark Stein's saying. So do I think it's going to happen? I don't think Fred Hoiberg's going to get fired at least after this season. But should he be on the hot seat? I definitely think it should be a possibility because I think that everyone in this Bulls organization should be on the hot seat because the GM isn't working, the coach isn't working, and the owner hasn't been working, and he got lucky getting Michael Jordan in the 1986-84, whatever draft it was, 85, uh, draft. And that, that's the only reason why Jerry Reinsdorf has succeeded as the Bulls owner is because he got Michael Jordan in his lap after the Portland Trailblazers fucked up and picked Sam Bowie. But anyways, Dave... Uh, I think he should. I don't think he will. Uh, I I just don't believe in him. And I think that a better coach is out there who you need to have a coach who's focused on young player development, because let's be honest, if we keep rotating over these aged veterans uh, in free agency, like you mentioned it earlier on, when you don't have a core for a couple of years, mm-hmm. Everything is changing around you. You can't build any semblance of momentum going forward. So it's really hard to come together and be like, "All right, this is our year. We're going for it. We've got the right signs. We've we've got the we've got the growth." And you don't have that because you're swapping in pieces. And that's why you like those young teams, like the Timberwolves, where you see them kind of grow. You like the Bucks. You like the the even to be honest, the Lakers. Like a lot of these younger teams, the Suns have a lot of good pieces. And it's like you know they're going to be together until you decide to break them up. So. Having that core to build off of versus having next guy up in free agency, mm-hmm. worlds apart. And one thing, too, with Jimmy, he kind of represents the old NBA play of, like, you know, Paul Pierce, who was great both ways. But, yeah. like, now Jimmy isn't that guy who can be a dynamic scorer from the outside. He's a good he's a good three-point shooter, but and he's improved his game. But still, he's not that guy who kind of fits the new NBA. And that's kind of, if your core is built around a guy of yeah. the old NBA who's not named LeBron James, it's going to be very hard to win. But, Ricky... I'm going to go on the other side. I think that the focus shouldn't be, now, is he 100% clean? No. But I think that the focus should not be put on Fred Hoiberg. It's got to be put on Garpax. A change needs to be made at the top because it's one of those things where I feel like Fred Hoiberg could have some success if the upper management helped him out and kind of gave him a bone. I feel like with this team as of late, it's basically – Hey, you know what? If things aren't working, throw the coach out there. He's a scapegoat. But the one thing I do want to say, if Fred Hoiberg is fired, Illinois, I hope you're listening, fire John Gross, get Fred Hoiberg. And that's going to wrap it up for the I still want Shaka Smart. Could you, I'm just saying. Could you imagine Illinois having a former Bears coach in oh the football and a former Bulls coach for the basketball? You'd be ha- in It'd heaven. still be irrelevant, unfortunately. That's what I was going to say. You'd be in heaven, <laughs> but they would still be irrelevant. I don't know. Lovey's putting up those signs, the billboards that say, we will win. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. We but will win. Anyways, uh, Bulls talk wrapped up here, and uh, you probably don't have to hear it for another month. But one thing I do want to say, uh, final on the Bulls talk. You can hear talk, it on my Twitter. Uh, final on the Bulls talk. It was a bad December for the Bulls, but if a good January happens, then they'll right back in the playoff race. So it's not a, a, not a done season yet, and this could just be an and overreaction. That's it. It's a done, like, it's 
it's December. There's mm-hmm. a lot of the season left, and hey, we had a bad December, and we're still the eighth seed right now. But let's now move on to which West playoff contenders, or we'll use contenders lightly here, need to make a trade. <laughs> because you. one of the teams thrown in this article, and and we, the team that I'm going to bring up mostly, it will it'll be later on, but the team that one team they throw in here is, is Minnesota Timberwolves, and they're not a playoff contender uh, at all. And maybe they're saying they have pieces that they could trade, uh, and obviously they do, which they currently have the sixth overall pick, and they have Ricky Rubio if they do want to have Chris Dunn succeed him. But the, the team that I want to throw out first and, and talk about, and, and we, we can move on a, after that, is the Portland Trailblazers. Because maybe it was they you know, over-succeeded last year, and maybe maybe they overperformed and outperformed what this team actually was. But this team looked like a threat in the West last year with Dame and CJ playing lights out. But now you saw their interior defense get completely exposed, and the Trailblazers have just been looking bad lately. Dame's now hurt. I think he's been. I think he's missed three straight games now. So looking at the Trailblazers, looking at pieces that could possibly fit for them, should the Trailblazers make a move and, and try to get into that eighth spot, or should they fall back and try to get a top pick? Because I currently think they sit in like that seven range uh, yeah. with with picks. So Dave, throw it out to you first. I, I think with Amino returning at some point this season, they're gonna have hope defensively. I think that's they're awful defensively. Like just flat out. Fucking terrible defensively. They can't stop anyone. And the biggest thing comes down to, well, let's look down low for you. Because you have two great guards. Well, one great guard, one who's, <laughs> you know, outperformed his rookie, or not his rookie year, but last year. And then, you know. Sophomore year. Sophomore year, thank you. And kind of return back to what we expected this year. So I think the biggest problem is just that they need to go out and get get some stoppers. They don't need scoring from anyone outside of you know their guards and even uh i think like Plumley is playing better at this point so it, it's not even a, a problem of scoring it's just if you can't hold the team under 115 like or 110 like and th- that's giving, outrageous they're the second most points given up per game 111.3 i think they're only behind the suns by like a point differential it's so goddamn terrible go go get, get yourself a just lockdown defender like a Tony Allen guy I know Tony Allen's not for sale right now but mm. you need someone who can just flat out play defense don't don't give a rip about offense because you need to add some toughness to this team because they don't have it they outright don't have it I don't think they can compete for a championship until they have it I don't think they can compete with the championship even if they get someone right away no but, but still, it's still like you got to build towards it you're you're completely out of loop because you can't stop anyone you're yeah, and the guy I want to throw out there that you bring up—that's you know a lockdown defender, a guy that doesn't want to be in the pl- place he currently is in—is Nerlens Noel. I mean, we, we've talked yeah. about him before, but what would they have to give up for Nerlens? Because I was picks. thinking about it's it. All ten picks. Well, it's a process, so they got to go picks. Uh, <laughs> but, but how many? Like, how many future well, picks are you giving up in this? Well, case? I don't think it's that. I, think I don't think it's that many. Nerlens I mean, for a one and a side bench player, probably. Yeah, it's not. It's not outrageous. The problem I mean, is Nerlens made it very clear what his feelings are towards the Sixers, uh, so that lowers his value. Even though he is still a very valuable guy and has been performing pretty well in his limited minutes. That's the thing. You don't yeah. want to have a guy. It's pretty much you can just say the argument. Well, he doesn't want to play for you, so you're not going to get the best out of him, and you're just going to have a guy wasting on your bench when you could take a first round draft pick in 2019 from us and i because I, I don't think they'll give up their draft pick for 2017 because right now it's currently it's a so high class. so if yeah if, 18 if, could be though and, and if, if they have it I don't, I don't have to look that up yeah and if nerland swings around and you know puts this team in a playoff position well yeah then they're going to give up a team but, I, but that'd like, be an excellent stopper for them if nerland gets hurt because he does have injury problems then they're going to be falling down more then you're pretty much giving the sixers three top 10 picks but still i think i think that nerland is a possible a possibility for for them to get i mean 
Nerlens obviously doesn't want to be in, in you know Philadelphia. Do you think mm-hmm. adding Nerlens can really change well, this Portland team? I don't think it's one of those things where it's like, oh my God, we got to get Nerlens. We got to get Nerlens in here. I just think it's got to be. I, I, we I have, have the opposite. I think they need I, to get him in. Here. I think it's just we need some kind of any kind of big man help, and I really like the one name that they mentioned in the ESPN article of Andrew Bogut because I mean we look at that Warriors team what they were like when Andrew Bogut was all those there. illegal screens we know I mean th- think about how well Dame will shoot like, threes like I mean Bogut's not going to be the hey you know what he's the lockdown defender but he gives you a solid option down mm-hmm. low better than you have right now and he'd be a lot cheaper than Nerlens I know Nerlens is the home run kind of he's the I'll say star player that we can put down low but we'll have a discussion about that later. Yeah, I didn't want to say player. superstar because he's not a superstar. But it's just one of those he's things a, where up and coming. A he's a potential player. star. I'll yeah. say solid player that you could put down potential. low in the post. Where Bogut cheaper price that you can put there. The one player I look at, and it's a player that they already have. That I mean, last year, I, I you felt like he was going to make the next step to kind of contribute to this team. Had the most minutes he's ever had in his career although he was mostly coming off the bench, was Myers Leonard. And then it's like this year the minutes decreased. He's seeing less averages in points, less averages in rebounds. He's shooting with less percentage this year. And I know that Myers has had to deal with injury concerns like in the past, but I look at that. It's the He made the next step, or it looked like he was making the next step, a 7-1 center down low. And then it's like, you know what? We need to find an answer. But, I would go more for a Bogut who's a cheaper price. But Myers, I mean, he's not a he's not a defensive player at all. He's a guy that can stretch, I just, stretch the floor. Yeah. I was just saying overall, like if just having somebody out there that could help down low. I'm not necessarily saying defensively. I was just they, saying overall with Myers yeah, Leonard. Yeah, but I, I think Portland, I think the, the glaring hole is defensive help down low. And, and I think Bogut, Bogut's definitely interesting, uh, an interesting name yeah. to throw out there just because Dallas is so bad this year. And, and Dallas and, might as well try to get anything they can. Yeah, yeah, and right now I think they currently sit at the third pick. So if that, I mean, if you can even add another one on, you could have uh, a guy like Malik Monk, Harrison Barnes, and then you could throw a guy later on on there, maybe a Grayson Allen, I don't know, but I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that could possibly help your team. But I, I, I'm going to consistently go back to New Orleans because I know you see the decrease, decrease in minutes, and I think the change of scenery for Nerlens because we haven't really been able to talk about him. I think the change of scenery, playing with a guy like Dame who is so electric, playing with a guy in CJ who is electric, have a point guard for the first time in his career. Yeah, I mean and that's then, that's gonna be nice. And then also, you know, with with Nerlens too, you know, seeing the front office, you know, Dame and, and seeing the front office kind of making a change and wanting you know a push that might invigorate Dame oh, to get back. It's Dame, trying to be a winning culture, yeah, you know. And Dame's a guy that likes you know being pissed off. A pissed off Dame is unstoppable because he saw yeah. Lamarcus go and he's like, oh, you're go- you're leaving here. I'm gonna turn it up and you know what? Yeah, I need you. I need playoffs. you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so that that's one thing with I think I think Nerlens might be the perfect fit for Portland. It might be too perfect of a fit not to go for. And if he doesn't go for it, I think Portland's going to be fucking up well, big time. And really, and this is the last point that I had to make on it. I just thought yeah. of is, do you think that the pissed off spark from Dame really covered up what this really stemmed from? And that was Lamarcus Aldridge leaving. Well, I because mean, at first it was, oh, it, we're not talking about this because. They were winning because Dame is pissed off and Dame is willing and to win. And CJ was outperforming. But, yeah. but I think if you saw that spark from Dame and you can make the playoffs as a fifth seed last year, I think that is just enough to say, yes, losing LaMarcus obviously hurts. 
But the fact that you do have Dame who can really take this team to He's the playoffs, up, yeah. then you really don't need to worry as much because you're not paying LaMarcus Aldridge a ton of money. And, I mean, if you're not winning, then LaMarcus is probably going to want want to leave anyway. So I, I think that, you know, the loss of LaMarcus obviously hurts just because he is such a great player down low. But I think that with Dame showing that him and CJ could take this team to the playoffs, you don't have to worry about that much. And then you get a guy in Nerlens who might have some injury problems, but he is still young and he still is fresh because he hasn't been playing in so such a damn long time. Yeah. I, I think I think that it's too perfect of a fit to pass up. Uh, what other West contenders? Because we can get to the East in a, in a different episode. What yep. West contenders do you think should be making trades? You know what? As much as I don't like saying this, it's the Kings. <laughs> and like I'm, I'm on the fence with them because I want them... I want, Boogie, the I want Boogie to go somewhere else. I mm-hmm. want him to be free because I think it would be better for the league and just way more entertaining. But at the same time, the fact he's dragging them to a right now a playoff position, um, but you know he, we know he hasn't been successful in getting mm. them there and and winning at all in the playoffs. So it's like I, I wonder what they could do at this point to kind of get over that tipping point. You have a, the the best center in the NBA right now, but an NBA that doesn't value the center, you know, because of how guard driven the league is. You have a player who is a pure scorer in Rudy Gay. Who seems to have you know good compatibility with him, but at the same time, there's value there to be traded away. You have a, an interesting group of role players and a, and a stockpile of centers. So it's like, wh- where are we going? How do we make this team a playoff team? That's the one thing the Kings need to become c- concise because Kosas Kufus is is currently on the trade block. Houston's looking at him. Ty Lawson's playing great backup point guard play, so he's got a ton of value. Rudy Gay's always in trade block conversation. Right. Everyone wants Demarcus to leave. So I think you need. Uh, I mean, the Kings are, again. I don't know. It's if a team. Said it, it looks like everybody is. It's. It looks like a fire sale, but yet they're in the playoffs. It's like, wait, that's, where are we going? That's the thing. I mean, it's it's pretty much the Kings being inept, and they're like, oh, this guy was good. This guy was good. Glue, and they're just gluing stuff together. And they, if they glued it together the right way, they might actually have a good team here. <laughs> but like, they need to get rid of clutter. They need to get rid of get get rid of players and bring in the right ones to play around Boogie. And and that's one thing that if they had an inept front office. This team might be a legit threat in the West because you do have a player like Demarcus Cousins, and you get guys who can help him uh, and really help him succeed. Then this team might actually be a contender. And and I don't know exactly who they should be looking for, but I I just think that the Kings there there's a lot. Do you there feel for like the Kings? Do you feel like they've, they've got to move one of their well, someone as as good as Rudy Gay to get some piece back that kind of fits? I don't even want to say better, but like. That, that improves the team. Do you feel like they have to move a, a naming name, or do you feel like if they can improve the bench quality or do something, do some of the little stuff to I clean think, up their game? I think Rudy and Ty Lawson off the bench could be something fantastic for them. So I think moving a guy like Costas Kufos, uh, uh, the center they got from Ohio State, uh, and moving him to Houston, I think that could add more value to this team, and you can really kind of declutter this and, and be like, all right, our second unit's going to be... Ty Lawson, Rudy Gay, that's going to be our headliners. And then DeMarcus, you got the first team, and you can just run with it. And, and I think I think having that and then having a fresh Rudy Gay and a fresh Ty Lawson coming out for Darren Callison and, and whoever they do put at the, the three would taking Rudy Gay out, I think this team could become concise and really make a push. You know, and, and just one small point before I let you go, Ricky, is we, we noticed that with Boogie, it seemed like his best play even during the last Olympics was having all the greatest scores on your team on the court at once isn't, the most efficient way to win games. 
by moving Boogie to that two team uh, during the Olympics, they actually were way more successful because he was able to dominate the twos and the scoring was more balanced. You didn't see those droughts. So by moving, you know, someone like Rudy Gay to the bench where he doesn't have to play and share the ball, that that might be an interesting way to go about it. Well, I mean, with me, when I think of the Kings, I we talk about them so much. We love the Rudy him. Gay. That we got to talk to Marcus Cousins trade, but really, the one thing I think about is is this success the team, or could we put a little bit of credit on? Hey, they just got the right coach to help them this year because Coach Yeager. I feel like got a bad rap for what he did with the Grizzlies, which you have that many injuries and will them to the playoffs or will them to try to will them. I he got fired. Well, with he me, got fired because he was looking for somewhere else. I would, but as a head coach, he's very. No, no, I'm yeah. saying now it's not a bad rap, but like at the time he was fired, more like I'm. To me, I thought that was the biggest mistake that the Grizzlies could have made. I would have kept him on. I would have said you're our head coach. It doesn't look like a bad mistake yeah. because Fisdale's been great. Fisdale hasn't been bad. I'm not saying they made the wrong choice there, but this has been the best situation for Jaeger to where part of me goes with the Kings, and it's really a iffy, iffy kind of a move, is if you've worked this far with this team, why fix what ain't broken? Are you expecting to win a championship? Well, no. But that's but yes, average. You got to make a you got to make moves to get better, but part of me feels like would making a move you don't make a move just to make a move. Just to make a move, make a move that's going to set you up for the future. That's what the Kings have to look for, the future, not this season. Well, that's the thing. You have DeMarcus Cousins who is your future, mm-hmm. and then a guy like Rudy Gay is not going to be your future, but you know, he could help your future as in the guy off the bench who can be your scoring threat. A guy like Ty Lawson who could be a veteran scorer off the bench or just a veteran playmaker off the bench because we saw when Ty Lawson is obviously not dealing with his issues uh, off the court, yeah. he's a phenomenal player. I mean, yep. when he came back in, what was that, 2015 or whatever, for Denver, he was electric. I mean, I mean, Ty Lawson and I think it was Nate Robinson after he left the Bulls, those two were <laughs> fantastic. So when those two are on and you have those two coming off the bench, you have DeMarcus Cousins. You move a guy like uh, Kufos and, and you move some clutter like Ben McLemore and these bad, bad, bad draft picks you've had, and you have DeMarcus Cousins be able to play by himself and, and he can dish it out to Aaron Aflalo. And this could pretty much be like, you know, Dwight Howard back back when he led the, uh, the Magic to the, the NBA Finals against the Lakers in 2010. I think this could be something that I think there's definitely something there. And that's the one thing that kind of pisses me off when we consistently talk about the Kings is that, you know, fans of Sacramento, they kind of understand this. And I just think the front office doesn't understand that. So I think that you can make moves that help your future, but it's just, you know, you have, you have to really kind of, you have the right coach, you have the right star. It's just, you need to put it in the right direction. And mm-hmm. I just think it's not in the right direction right now. So this team that is 14 and 18, I think they could be up and, and possibly be contending with with where like Oklahoma and Utah currently sits at 20 and 13 because, you know, if you look at a team like Oklahoma, and I'll take them specifically, they're led by Russ. They're led completely well, by Russ. And they, what have they done? They've gotten pieces that complement well, Russ. They were the team I was going to bring up. Maybe a team that is contending that needs to make a move. They're because, always making moves. Well, they're always making <laughs> moves, but I mean... We talked about a team in Portland where Dame pretty much willed them to a playoff, and CJ had a great year last year. Yep. That's really why they were that good. Let's look at the Thunder right now. Really, whenever you talk about the Thunder, are you talking about the Thunder or are you talking about Russell Westbrook? 
You're mm-hmm. talking about Russ and what he's doing with his triple doubles. If Russell Westbrook isn't putting up his triple doubles and isn't getting his numbers, this Thunder team isn't the same kind of a team that we see right now. So to me, you got to make a move. And one guy that, I mean, they could make a move for, I saw something, um, you just searching through Google, just the name that people popped out there, mm-hmm. is Darren Williams from the Ma- Mavericks. He's a guy who, yeah, he's a point guard, but you can use him as maybe kind of a backup point guard, maybe put him at the two when you need some fresh legs out there. And he's a guy that I could see Dallas saying, yeah, sure, we'll trade him because really, yeah, he's your starting point guard, but with how high the Mavericks are going to be draft-wise, they can just get it in the draft. They can get a point guard in the draft. And plus with Dallas, I mean, you know, Dallas is known for having 30-year-old point guards who are overrated and overpaid, and J.J. Barea, Darren Williams. I mean, like, they they have the whole list. They have Raymond Felton, I still believe. They have the whole list that can just fill in for Darren Williams. Uh, real quick to wrap up the segment before we before we uh, before we move on to what is a superstar. Uh, a quick game of buy or sell. Are the Kings buyers or sellers? Just buy or sell. That's all it is. Sell. I'm gonna say they're selling. I don't agree with it, but they're gonna sell. Ricky. I'm saying neutral. I don't think they're gonna be a buyer or a seller. So they're not gonna make any moves. I think they might. It, the only move they will make is Rudy Gay, but only if they can bring in like young players and draft picks, which I just don't see. So seller. Uh Portland, buyer or seller. They need to buy. Buy. Uh De- uh Denver. T- rumors of Blake Griffin possibly going there. Should they be buying or should they be selling Wilson Chandler and uh and Danilo Gallinari? You know that's that's off the radar. Well for after me. that layup Danilo had, just sell him. <laughs> Shackton, if you watch Shackton a full on TNT on Thursday, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, sell Danilo. I, I think they're, they're they're neutral. They're not selling shit. Two more Los Angeles buyers or sellers. We talked about them last week. Clippers or Lakers? Uh, Lakers, the team that matters. Uh, I want them to sell, 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 sell uh, Uncle sell. P and sell Uncle Lou. Sweet Lou. Sweet Lou. Whatever. Both yep. uncles to me. Uh, last one. <laughs> Minnesota. Should they be buying more young talent? Buying a superstar? Or should they be selling? Neutral. They need to find someone who plays defense. All right. So buy or sell. They making the playoffs this year. Just get to the offense. Get off the fence. I hate the (laughs) the fence is my jam. All right. Uh, All right. Now let's move on to the the topic that I think we all wanted to talk about, and that's what makes a superstar in the NBA. And if you do want to check out the reason why we're talking about this, check out uh, the video we put up two weeks ago. I believe well, there, there's, the, there's the Giannis, there's the Demar Derozan. There's been a lot of discussions in the mm-hmm. past year that hey, we've come up with. And the main one I want to bring up is the Giannis Antetokounmpo one, uh, where we said is Giannis's superstardom being limited by the market he plays in in Milwaukee, and Milwaukee fans got pissed at us, like really pissed at us. If you want to see a fun comic section, go to that one because man, we got. Obliterated and and you yes, mean, you mean G Giannis, right? It the hard G. We I I messed up. I forgot it was the Y sound. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Nah, I'm, and just I forgot saying, a, I'm just saying it to troll Buck fans. I know you are. Uh, but, <laughs> but really, and they were like, "How is he not a superstar?" And, and we never said he wasn't a superstar. At least we never said he wasn't a great player. And I think that's the one thing that people get mixed up on is a great player versus a Doesn't superstar. Mean a superstar. Yeah, and, and you can be a great player and, and still be a superstar. And I think people, I think what really kind of ruined this was NBA 2K because when you go to like a player, it's like their label is superstar and yeah. he's the superstar of your team. But that doesn't mean he's a superstar. Yeah, every team doesn't have a superstar. Yeah, and, and that's the one thing that I kind of want to whittle down is what makes a superstar in your mind in the NBA? In my mind in the NBA, superstars need to transcend the sport. It's guys that completely are above the game. I don't want to say bigger than the game, but they're recognized by fans who are by people who aren't really fans of the NBA. 
Like, if you go up to someone randomly on the street and be like, hey, LeBron James, they're like, yeah, yeah, we, we know LeBron. Like, then you start talking to different players. Steph Curry. There, there's a very short list of people who are recognizable outright without any NBA knowledge. That is really what a superstar is. When you have your own brand, when you have your own marketing, your own media, and when you are on ESPN 24-7 because they actually care about you because guess what? Your valuable asset as a personality. And that's mentioning your name gets someone to go, huh? And and like obviously the ones that stick out are Steph Curry, LeBron James, mm-hmm. but I think another guy that, that might be put into that segment, and even if they're not even top players in the NBA or like that fringe top 10, John Wall's one of them because John Wall, I mean, everyone knew the the dance back at, back when he was uh, coming yeah, out of dance. college. So I mean, coming down that Kentucky it, thing on the uh, yeah. if you night. if you ask people like, all right, name three NBA players, they'll say LeBron James, they'll say Steph Curry, and you might hear a Russ, you might hear a KD, you might even hear a, a, a James Harden because of the beard, you might yep. hear a John Wall, but you're not going to hear players that you guys know and that you guys love. You're not going to hear a Demar Derozan well, too often because. He doesn't transcend the sport. He tra- and, he's a great player. He's a fantastic player. And the other player. thing is, you know, longevity, too. It's like you have to look at the guys like Carmelo. Carmelo's a superstar because he's been doing it for a decade. Mm-hmm. He's in the one of the he is in the biggest market in America and mm-hmm. he has his own brand outside of basketball. He's dating someone who is more famous than he is. Like there's so many things like that make up a superstar. Yes, you can be an amazing player, but if you're not doing it for X amount of time and you're not yeah, there, there's so much more than just play. I think D. Wade fits in that perfectly, too, because yeah. D. Wade, he used to be a superstar, but if you look at his yeah, play on the Dirk. court, he's not a superstar anymore. Dirk is, I think Dirk's fallen off superstardom level, but he might be a superstar just because well, that's right. he like, transcends yeah. a, he a like whole Shaq. market. But Shaq no, was a superstar. But I'm saying like, Dirk transcends a whole market. Kinda he like, brings in the German market. Kind of like right. Tim Duncan. Or like Yao Ming, I was going to more mm-hmm. say Yao the Yao international an player, absolute, because yeah. you know Yao Ming was yeah. a great player, but he was always injured, he was always hurt. But guess what? All of China watch. He opened the market for China, and Dirk opened the market for Germany. So that's the one thing is Giannis, he has superstardom power, but if he's staying in Milwaukee and they don't make the playoffs consistently, then they won't get their eyes on that. And then people are talking, well, you know, how did Russ and KD become superstars? Well, KD was the number one overall pick in Seattle, which was a big market that just didn't really appreciate their fan, their their team. And right. Russ was playing alongside the number one overall pick. He's always making highlights. And then they go to the NBA Finals. They go up against LeBron. They're consistently in the was playoffs. Four years, uh, four or five years, they've been in playoffs together. Something like that. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, and that's the thing. It's it's you know we want we want eyes are currently we on want them. Demar to be there. But KD was an MVP. And scoring champ. Yeah. And, and, you know, Oscar Robertson, you know, comparisons for Russell Westbrook. Like, you don't get compared to all-time greats just because you're doing it, like, on the split. It's mm-hmm. Look, there there is some consistency to their play, and there's a reason. DeMar DeRozan, yes, he's having a phenomenal year for shooting guard, one of the best all-time, you know, early on. But this is a very, very, very small sample size. You can't compare that to the two decades of, Le- or of Michael Jordan at shooting guard. You can't compare that to Kobe Bryant. Yes, it's a small sample size. If he can, can do that for a long period of time, then yeah, he could do it. But that, and that's the same with Giannis. It's like, look, your numbers are great. It, this is your you know breakout year. Clearly, you had a little bit last year. Previewed mm-hmm. it. This year is awesome. The, la- the but, latter half of that season, I mean, he, he pretty much showed what you could do. Right, but but that you've got to see. You've got almost a full season now. Of that mm-hmm. yeah, that's not enough. And, but and, the thing that I like that Dave said is transcend the game and it's not just being a superstar isn't just oh you're a big name yep because i look at guys like i just went through the league and i went and i went how many teams have superstars and my first kind of run through 
maybe nine teams have superstars. Superstars. Throw out those teams. But, well, I would say the Knicks because of Carmelo. Yeah. The Knicks are just, I I would just say the Knicks are just one of the biggest teams. Yeah. Really, their best player is going to be. I would say the Bulls only because I would count D Wade as a superstar overall. I think he's fading. He's fading, but going off of what you said with the casual fan would know who D Wade is. Yeah. The Cavs obviously have a superstar. Mm -hmm. The Pacers, would Paul George be a superstar? Nope. Then not. not the Pacers. The if he South... went to the Olympics and like Lua, I think people might know him because he, oh, that's the dude that broke his leg. I the saw so- that on Twitter. <laughs> the Southeast Division. I don't think there's any. I like Kemba and John Wall are good players, great players, but they're not superstars. Yep, they're not superstars. I mean, and then Wall, the Nor- Wall's a fringe one. I would say, you, but I mean, I a wouldn't fringe count one. I'm not, him as a superstar. No, I'm saying yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. The wrong side of the fringe. Um, yep. In the Northwest, I mean, Ross. I'm saying is a superstar. Without a Dame doubt. is kind of. Dame's brand not. is building, but That's the until he does it for more than a couple of years, like he's not. And then the Southwest Division, obviously James Harden. Yep. I mean, Dirk is in the same situation as D Wade. Yep. Um, and the biggest, que- the two questions there are Lamarcus and Anthony Davis. I would say more Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi, Kawhi is the quietest guy in the world, so yeah. he'll never get the love. That's he's, the, he's got all the talent. Top five player in the NBA, but he's not a superstar yeah. like in marketability-wise. Because mm-hmm. like if we're saying, oh, superstars are you know top ten players in the NBA, then Kawhi's in there. But you know, yeah, you, you're if not. you look at Kawhi, you're never like, oh, yeah, that, you know, I, I know Kawhi. Look at that highlight dunk. No, Kawhi plays great basketball, but it's <laughs> not like a highlight reel you know, machine. But he, he, he might be a guy where it's like, oh, yeah, I know Kawhi because I'm consistently watching the playoffs. But right. what about like... Lamarcus or AD? Would you count any of the Lamarcus? No, I mean Lamarcus, Lamarcus isn't. Lamarcus has been around for so long, but I mean, I mean, if I said, "Hey, who who is Lamarcus Aldridge?" to a casual basketball fan, I don't think they would know who that is. Yeah. Well, then, and then the Pacific Division, the only two teams that have superstars, the Clippers, because I would put CP3 mm. as a superstar. Mm. I feel like the casual fan would know him who and CP3 Blake doing is. all those commercials now. Kind I would of. say Blake's more of a superstar than CP3. Either yeah. or. You could put either. So, right. yeah. Still, like, Together. I think CP3, and Together then the Warriors stuff. are just the Warriors. Like, the, the way, <laughs> Steph Curry's obviously the main superstar, yeah. but you also have Kevin Durant. Even uh, like Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. That entire yeah. team people is know, so marketable. People know the Warriors. So if we went off of just I mean, we people did, know the fucking Warriors blew a 3-1 yeah. lead. If we just <laughs> went off of what we did just now, the Knicks, the Bulls, the Cavs, then we had the, Bulls, yeah, the Warriors, the Clippers... The Rockets and the Thunder. Okay, and, seven. And that's a small seven. Small. If we took away the Bulls, that's six. That's okay. So well, that's six of thirty. That's not. That's yeah. Like five well, percent. Well, that's the thing. It's like I. I don't. I. I feel like superstar is an overused term. I feel I like think it, there. I, I think so too. When you say superstar, you're talking about a generational talent, a guy who's going to go down in NBA history for what he's done. You know, I'm talking people along the lines of like MJ, Shaq. Wilt, fucking Kareem, all these guys who are legends. Mm-hmm. Like that's, like that's the only step you go after superstar is to legend. And that's, so and that's, that, that's really like that's, I, I don't see the I don't see how every team thinks they have a superstar. And that's the thing too is looking at this. There there are great players on great teams. Oh, absolutely. And there, there's more than. 35 great players in the NBA. Yeah. And there's there's guys that you can build a fr- franchise around, but there's only a couple guys that transcend the game because if you look back in the 90s, if, if you're talking about people like in the 90s, like, hey, who, who, who do you like really remember? People are obviously going to say Jordan, but it's really like, you know, if you look at like who else was in that, I'm, trying, Malone, I'm trying to find, but like, John Stockton. But like, I'm, I'm saying like, like the guys, guys that aren't. Because like, you remember from the playoffs. Yeah. But the guys who didn't make the playoffs who were on bad teams but were great players. 
Charles Barkley. Charles had that uh, one season with the Suns, but, but, but would he be a superstar? Has, Charles is still relevant. Yeah, that's the difference. Like maybe like Dominique. Dominique was a, a legitimate threat. D- Dominique was one of the best high flyers in the league. He was yep. a great scorer. But don't forget Clyde. But well, I, I would say Clyde's. Yeah, Clyde's probably more recognizable because he was on the dream team. Mm-hmm. Dominique, I, I, Dominique really didn't make. If he was on the dream team, I might completely remember. I can't. <laughs> I can't bring it up. Maybe he got snubbed after. He maybe he was behind the uh, the queue of Isaiah Thomas, uh, but. <laughs> I, I think that a guy like Dominique, he's remembered by great like basketball fans, but casual fans probably don't remember Dominique. I agree with you. And I think one thing, too, you can probably argue is the biggest star on Minnesota might be Zach Levine because what he did in the slam dunk contest. The biggest the biggest star in, in, for the Orlando Magic might be Aaron Gordon because of what he did in the dunk contest. Vince Carter didn't become a superstar until he had his dunk contest moment. Man, when everything is going to be replayed on 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 you know SportsCenter or highlight reels, that's what people are going to be like, oh, that guy's a guy to watch. Dom- that guy's great. Dominique, though, did have – he had the dunk contest moment, too. I mean, he But did. that was the 80s. I'm saying yeah. people now won't remember him. I'm saying I'm, people now. But the one thing— People now I are going to remember Jordan. People are gonna, now are going to remember Shaq. Who did Jordan go up against, though? And that's the thing. But is people, because of Jordan is— Whoever, but whoever he went up against got but elevated. But it's kind of like that uh, the, the game for the Titans and the Bills or whatever. The, the Bills quarterback threw a touchdown with, without a shoe, but people don't remember that because what happened the next play? The Music City Miracle. No yeah. one remembers what happened leading up to the Music City Miracle. No one remembers what happened that led up to the fucking Flutie uh, Hail Mary. Oh, people man. remember the, the play. Yep. So that, that's the thing is that, yes, Dominique was in a, a significant moment, mm-hmm. but who do people remember? People remember Jordan. People remember the logo. People remember the outstretched arm and the outstretched tongue in Chicago Stadium slamming at home. People remember the Space Jam. Great movie, by the way. I don't know and, but that's another thing. <laughs> Movies, too. I mean, Ray Allen might have been a superstar because of Jesus, Jesus Shuttleworth. I could, that was a tongue twister right there. But, I mean, I'm just saying, like, there's some guys that, <laughs> there's some guys that do transcend the game. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think some some person, some guy that kind of falls into that. There's a guy that we didn't mention on the Clippers, Paul Pierce. He used to be a superstar because he was on that 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 Celtics team, and Dude, he, he was kind of three. a fringe one too. Didn't help that he had Kevin Garnett too. That's the thing is like he he was he became a superstar mm-hmm. when he started winning, but he was always a great player. Yeah, and, and that's that's one thing is you need to win to be a superstar because. That's when people are going to recognize you. People remember Tom Brady and Peyton Manning because they won. People remember Michael Jordan because he won six fucking titles. People remember Shaq, Kobe, because they won. If Kobe was going off for 81, people would be like, oh, I remember that one kid who put up 81. Say, but people uh, remember Kobe because he won six titles. Yeah, there's so many guys who put up you know over 20 points a night. Or five titles. Up, five titles. <laughs> yeah. It, it's You can put up 20 points a night. You can put five boards and like four four assists, and that's great. And, and you're, a, you're a really good basketball player. That doesn't make you a superstar. Stats don't make you a superstar. I'm sorry. And the thing that I feel like has changed this, and this is to go back to a point that Dave made, was the whole popularity thing and the casual fan knowing about Mm -hmm. like, oh, do you know who this person is? And I'm telling you, you know what's kind of changed that a little bit? Social media. Back in the the day, it's like someone drops 40 points in Utah. I had to wait till SportsCenter. To get it, because we didn't have that instant Twitter of, hey, did you see this happening? Now when stuff happens, boom, it's right there Here's on Twitter. Here's this highlight of Kemba dancing inst- out on a shot. Yeah, and it's instantly sent out to everybody that yep. has Twitter, yep. which is a lot of people. I don't know if you guys have noticed. Yeah, and, and I think Instagram is probably the biggest thing right now, at mm-hmm. least social media-wise, or Facebook too, but I'll use Just Instagram. All of them in general. But they I, all do the same. But I'll use Instagram right now. This exists versus newspapers in the yeah, old no, days. Yeah, and, no, I, and just to bolster it, Steph Curry guy who we said was a superstar, 14.2 million followers. And then I'll look up Giannis Antetokounmpo because obviously he's a guy that was in contention. 
four or five hundred uh five hundred forty one hundred or thousand half a million followers yep. so all from I, milwaukee yeah pretty well, not all from <laughs> milwaukee but it's it's from hardcore fans okay, guys that are going to be going Green to Bay, i'm sorry guys that are going to be coming to our channel and, and be watching the, yeah, this if you're stuff on our about channel, you're probably not a casual fan you're not mm-hmm. and that's and that's one thing is if you're seeking out content on youtube you're not a casual fan you are a hardcore fan mm-hmm. unless you're going to nba and looking for highlights yeah. if you're looking for actual topics you're not a casual fan you're a hardcore fan but people that are outside, like the, the the girl in your class who's sitting behind you that you want to, you know, go on a date with. But, like, she might know Steph Curry. She might know LeBron James. But she's not going to know who the fuck Giannis Antetokounmpo is. If you wear your Giannis Antetokounmpo jersey out, she's going to be like, oh, who's that? And you're going to be like, oh, he's the Greek freak. And then she's going to be like, who, what's that? And you're going to be like, oh, sit down. Let me tell you about Milwaukee. It's a great market for basketball. And then she's going to be like, yeah, I don't want you to text me anymore. <laughs> I mean, this whole segment... Great I, beer, by the way, I think. We, do, we don't want to talk shit to Milwaukee. <laughs> I do. But Sean's definitely a little salty. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but, but it's one thing. I'm not trying to take it too personally. Yeah. But but it's just one thing that we did want to clear up because I'm also going to be talking about markets. I think I'm going to be writing an article pretty soon. I don't know when it's going to be up. I don't want to make the promise. But but uh, you will check that out on our site. Yes, we'll, we'll check that out on mostvaluablepodcast.com because markets still matter. And people said they don't matter because Giannis... He could have 14.2 million followers. Like we said, he's big Russ or, or little LeBron. But the thing is, eyes aren't on him in well, Milwaukee. If he's in New York and he's putting up the numbers he currently is, that kid would not be stopped talking. It's mm-hmm. it's like, uh, what did LeBron do? What did Giannis Antetokounmpo do? Hey, LeBron and Giannis are, are, are going up against each other. That's going to be the 7 o'clock game on ESPN on Fridays. Like That's going to be the marquee but matchup. He's, he's got Milwaukee tattooed right here, though. Yeah. Don't don't forget he's not leaving Milwaukee. We never said he was either. But the one thing with that comment, when I just think about it now, maybe a little bit, it you could say markets don't matter because of the social media, because of where media is right now. I'll take it for us. It may be a little different because we love sports so much, and like for me and Dave, like I'm gonna look at the Bulls. For the Bulls, I'm gonna check out what the beat writers are saying because that's my team. But, like, for any other team, I'm not going to go to the beat writer. I'm just going to go to, like, ESPN and see what's going on. No, and I, I 100%— And everything's more national now than just individual markets. And I know 100% what you're saying is that social media can bust it open, but no one has done it. Mm-hmm. And and you look at it, and the only way I can kind of find a guy who really has trans- transcended it was—and I mean, it's not even an actual sport— it's more of WWE. A guy that wanted people wanted to push was Zack Ryder because he was involved with the fans. He was the internet champion. He was consistently out there, and people were like, oh, yeah, I know Zack Ryder. He, you know, I want him. I want him. I always see him on YouTube. And that's one thing is that we haven't seen a guy take social media and make himself a superstar because James Harden, how do people know James Harden? Because he was traded from OKC, and he's done nothing but fantastic things. In, and he's grown in, a beard. He's a grown a huge, beard. a huge beard, and he also almost beat Steph for the MVP, and people were like, oh, he's now on my radar. Mm-hmm. And you you know, you know, look at Steph. How did he make it? Because of his performance in the uh, tournament, and people then saw his explosion in the NBA, and he's the kid who can shoot from 55 yep. feet away from three, blindfolded backwards, and knock it down. LeBron James became a superstar when he stepped you mean, on. You mean when he was uh, about 16? He, he, yeah, he was a superstar before he came into the league. He, when he was on the Sports Illustrated cover, he was a superstar. They crowned Cleveland's not a big market. LeBron made it a market. That's the thing. Is The Cleveland Browns aren't a huge market Guess team. Guess what? LeBron leaves Cleveland, and not that, a market. And that's... <laughs> what, what we watched it happen. What, what ha- exactly. We watched it happen. And that's the thing. 
we're not bashing Cleveland fans. We're not saying that they're not diehard fans, but Cleveland isn't a big market. I mean, and, and just to go a little political here, not too much, but you know, the reason why Cleveland has gone down market-wise is because there's jobs leaving. There's people leaving. The market size goes down. There's not a lot of industry left in Cleveland. And that's the one thing. If there was, then Cleveland would be a bigger market because that's the you know, winning that's the place. Winning helps, too. Yeah, well, winning helps, too. But that's the place between sports, Philadelphia yeah. Yeah. and Chicago. That's the, pretty much the thing in between. I mean, Cincinnati's there, too, but at least basketball-wise, in between Philly and, and, and Chicago is Cleveland. And that's the big thing. And that's the market you can hit is everyone around there. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, if LeBron's not there, then you don't hit it. But you are hitting it because LeBron's there. Superstars make a market. And you can make a market, a small market, a huge market with a superstar. But you need that superstar to help. And it's not just a one-way thing. Because yeah. if Giannis is going off and Bucks fans aren't supporting, not saying you aren't, but if they are not, because <laughs> they're sensitive, if you are not, then Giannis isn't getting any coverage. Giannis. Giannis isn't getting any coverage, Giannis. whether it's locally or nationally. People won't give a shit about the Bucks, And then the Bucks will move. And the Bucks will become the Vancouver Bucks. <laughs> Vancouver's not a big enough market. I'm just saying. It's Hypothetically. The, on, the, Toronto, only, the Toronto? only reason Seattle's a big enough market is because OKC got good or got really well, no. good. Well, Seattle and has then, business there. Yeah, but also it was everyone's like, oh, my God, let's let's start this everyone going back to Seattle. And now it's just become crazy. And o- OKC, too. I mean, OKC also, I mean, they had fans that wanted a team there. Oh, yeah, they were really passionate that fucking, about it. That fucking stadium sold out. You don't you don't see Bucks Stadium sold out like before this year. You didn't see Bucks Stadium sold out. It was a, it was a team that struggled well, people, to get people fans in. Lighten it up for Michael Red. Not a lot of people liked the BMO Harris Center with well, Michael Red. That was a great kind of business move by OKC in general. Is like you look at that stadium, you look at those fans, you're like, hmm, it's kind of like a college town. You know what? Let's cater to the college and they, atmosphere. And they built it up with young guys. That. Yeah. That was the thing. They so had two they, young mm-hmm. stars on so that So they team. knew what they were doing. And that's why OKC is where they're at right now, markability. <sighs> this, was, uh, this was therapeutic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Feeling good? Very therapeutic. Uh, any final thoughts here? I like how Sean has been like for weeks, you know, just not going to let them get to me, guys. Not going to let them get to me. And then we talked about this. that. <laughs> I wanted you guys to be like, hey, guys, see see my responses on the videos. But was I smart? Did it sound right? Uh, any final thoughts on the superstar stuff? Uh, no, I think I think we handled it pretty well. Not um, every team has a superstar. Yeah, yeah. Every team might have a great player. But not a superstar. And there's a, obviously a clear best player on every single team, but not every player is a superstar. Like DeMar DeRozan, Correct. like Kemba Walker, and, like and DeMar John might Walt, be a superstar in like Jimmy Butler. Butler and, and, I, even though it hurts me to say like no, Jimmy no, Butler. No, no, he's totally not. I know, but I would really love to say that he is. But Jimmy, <laughs> but Jimmy Butler might have done it because of fucking Krispy Kreme and his stupid videos with his dumb friend who looks like a frog. But yeah. he's not there yet. Chris Jimmy, Cr- Froggy Fresh. It's Froggy Fresh. It's Sorry. Fro- he changed I his just, name to Froggy yeah. Fresh. Yeah. But you ever get a bad mic? You know, yeah, Jimmy Butler is your father. People, Jimmy people know Butler that. Is your father. My family in Iowa watched that before I did. <laughs> and, and that's the one thing is DeMar might be a superstar in Toronto, but in the U.S., I mean, you're not only crossing a country, but, I mean, that's just a market that isn't big. It's a huge market in Canada, the biggest city in Canada, but that's not something that trans over to U.S. media. Hey, Sean, why is Dave crying? Because he just got dunked on. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Fast Break Podcast. Don't forget to tell us what you think of all of our topics, especially the superstar one, because this is something that we really are interested in. This is something that we want to hear your opinions on. Because, because with the Bucks thing, yeah, it was a little annoying having Bucks fans call us stupid, but we can still defend ourselves. If we're not, we wouldn't be doing this if we couldn't defend ourselves. And, you know, most of you guys are, are great, and we, we love talking to you. So don't yep. forget to tell us what you think in the comments down below. If you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, thank you for downloading. Thank you for checking us out. We really, really appreciate it there. If you checked us 
out on YouTube, don't forget to like this video and subscribe to our channel. But for Dave Oster, Ricky Widmer, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.